0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com.
1: I would highly recommend the Sluts and Scholars podcast. It's run by my friend Nicoletta, who is a licensed MFT and sexologist. In fact, it was named one of Cosmopolitan's hottest podcasts to listen to. Combining irreverence and expertise... On the docket is anything remotely related to sexual,
2: reproductive, and bodily autonomy. Check it out. Have you ever felt judged for your sexual choices or your sexuality? Ever been called a slut? Whether you're in politics, a parent, a sex worker, or just wearing a short dress, people make assumptions about you, your character, and your ability to be a competent professional based on who you did last night. My name is Nicoletta Heidegger, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist, and I am here to invite you to join me in taking back the word slut on my podcast, Sluts and Scholars. Sluts and Scholars is an interview-style podcast that features diverse professionals who also like and value sex or at least talking about it. Join in as we discuss how to navigate sexuality in this culture by having conversations that will help you talk smart and fuck smarter. With a wide array of sex-positive and shame-free topics, there is something for you to elevate your pleasure. Sluts and Scholars is a proud member of the Pleasure Podcast Network, and you can find out more info, subscribe, and listen at slutsandscholars.com.
1: Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Yes, I am back in the saddle after um, an interesting and difficult few weeks. Most of you guys know what I'm talking about, but I'm very glad to be back. Uh, I just want to quickly give a throw to my sponsor, Fume. Sponsor is a revolutionary non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits. It is not a vape. Instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals, Fume uses cores infused with plants like peppermint for delicious natural flavors. Head to tryfume.com and use code Holly to get 10% off when you get the journey packed today. That's tryfume.com. Okay. Um, I'm very excited for my guest today. Uh, She shot her first scene the day after her 18th birthday, and then she retired at 19. Now, a decade later, she is back to tell her story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome, Jessie Rogers.
0: Hi. Thank you. Hi.
1: Thank (laughs) you so much for being here.
0: Of course. How are you feeling? I'm pretty
1: good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, So... Jesse, you have, like, you definitely have a story, and I'm really excited to talk to you about it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess let will start at the beginning. Yes. So how did you get into the adult
0: industry? Um, well, I, I saw an ad on Craigslist. Oh. <laughs> which
1: is the best to look for a job.
0: <laughs> and it just said uh, modeling. Like, it didn't specify, you know. mm mm-hmm. so. I had done modeling previously, um, but you know, obviously, I never did Newton modeling. Right. So I went and talked to the agent, and she was like, "Oh, basically, it's it's porn." Um, and so she ended up booking me a, a shoot with Penthouse. I did. Which is a good way to start. Yeah. I mean, Penthouse is yeah. like
1: to start with them is, you know. That's good,
0: yeah. <laughs> and it, it wasn't anything hardcore; it was just pictures. Yeah. So that that was the first thing I ever did, and I didn't end up sticking with her. She just pretty much just booked me that, and then um, I bounced around with other agents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was an interesting day. Um, they took pictures of me, and then they were doing another scene. Like in the same house, it was uh, Misty Stone and I can't remember who the male performer was. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't,
1: <laughs> you don't forget Misty Stone. Yeah. <laughs> She's like such like a, a powerful force right. character who we love. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, yeah, I can see you forgetting the male performer, but uh, <laughs> nobody forgets Misty when they meet her. So you did that penthouse shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the next shoot that you worked on?
0: Um, I, I know I did XR and Fucked hard 18. I can't remember which one
1: came okay. first. <laughs> and were they um, sex scenes? Yes, and boy was girl. It boy girl. Yes. So how was your first boy girl scene? Because that's obviously a much different experience mm-hmm. than a solo scene. Like, were you nervous going into oh, it? Oh, yeah. I,
0: I was very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those scenes, actually, the Fucked hard 18 and the XR, uh, I was very awkward.
1: and then like what was running through your head when you were on set were you thinking like what were you most nervous about
0: um i think everything i don't know i i didn't know like how to look good for the camera you know um i also get nervous like Meeting people in general. Mm-hmm. So then you add that layer of like, okay, now you have to perform too. And I was like, oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember who your scene partners were?
0: Um, The X-Art was... He was exclusive with X-Art. I remember who he was, but I just can't remember his name. Um, and then the Fucked Heart 18, it was... The guy that, Josh, he he owned that website. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know <clears throat> who that is. So how was the scene in general? Like, was it what you expected? Was it worse than you expected? Better than you expected? Um,
0: it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't either.
2: <laughs> you probably didn't even <laughs> yeah. know what to expect, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, those two I didn't have a bad experience it was just I guess normal I guess okay no
1: so afterwards um, you were maybe you know thinking to yourself okay that wasn't so bad I could continue to do this exactly um and you did and how like how did your career progress from then? because I mean you know spoiler alert we know that you had some bad experiences so like how long before you started to maybe think twice about being in the adult industry?
0: Um, well, the first one actually happened within a a few months. It was before I got my boob job. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up getting flown to the East coast and it was actually just solo, solo shoot. So I thought, okay, this is going to be easy. Right. Um, like, somewhere towards the end of the shoot, um, is there anything I can't say? No. no. Okay. <laughs> My vagina started to get sore and, and swollen because I was putting, like, really weird things in there all day. Like, you know, brooms, bananas, you know, things like that. I feel like I know what website <laughs> yeah. you
1: were shooting for.
0: So, <clears throat> I tried to say something and uh, the guy was like, oh, well we're not going to pay you if you stop now. You've shot all of these other scenes. Just finish these next two. So I was like, oh, my gosh. So I called my agent, and he he seemed surprised, even though he sent girls there all the time, right? Um, and I ended up finishing the shoot, but in one of the scenes I was literally crying because I was so sore, and then... Um, and then the last one was when I discovered I could do anal very easily and okay. it was like my saving grace. I was like, yes, okay, I am going to do anal for this last set. Um, and that was pretty easy for me. Um, and then other than that, I had a few other experiences like down the road after I got my, my boob job. Right. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I just want to touch
1: upon this. Okay, because, yeah, Day of Solos, one would think is not, like, such a big deal. Not, Mm -hmm. you know, hard to do. That's not the kind of scene that people would expect one to say they had a bad experience on. But, (sighs) sorry, (laughs) when you said, like, a broom, (laughs) I was kind of like, what? And it's just, I'm really sorry, and I'm so sad to hear this, because it's incredibly frustrating that you would be in pain and mm-hmm. that the shooter wouldn't take that into account. And unfortunately I think that this happens, you know, often, not often. That's not right. the right word. Cause there's so many wonderful male directors yeah. out there. There oh, really, yeah. really are. I want to make sure that I say that, but I do hear that sometimes on set with men because it's like, because they don't have a vagina yeah, they it's don't it's understand. like they don't understand like right. how how could you be sore from sticking a broom up your right. vagina? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's
0: like, oh, why can't you shoot back to back?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I like, know. And the fact uh, that you had to go anal mm-hmm. to like save your vagina, right? Is like that's pretty shitty. No pun intended.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that just um yeah that makes me sad and it makes me sad that that you're needs like weren't I don't know I hate hearing stories like that so okay so but that's that's not the end of it so you had tell me about your other experiences
0: okay um so I went from one agent to another Mm -hmm. because this one that I had that sent me to that shoot he was also very unorganized Mm -hmm. and um I was like, okay, well, maybe I should go with this one. He seems more professional. He has all these big-name girls. And in some ways, he was, but um, I do feel that he had, like, impaired empathy. Like That's a I good would, way to put it. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> um, I would tell him I was sick, you know, strep throat, a cold yeast infection he would still somehow finagle me into going to set and say things like oh you know companies would rather work with a sick girl than lose thousands of dollars and and then call me and you know make sure I was still going and all of these things and or even if I would just ask for a day off just to take a break he would pressured me to still continue working I was like I don't know if I can keep doing this but it wasn't like the straw that broke the camel's back I still kept shooting and just dealing with his shit um it was one incident with a a male performer that I had that kind of just completely shocked me
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um it was someone that I kind of trusted like I hung out with him off camera I would go to his house uh you know so he had my consent to have sex but the way that we had sex the last time I saw him it wasn't consensual (laughs) so it it was so long ago I've I've, I think I've gotten over it (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so okay so you have this fucking awful experience so and then you try to talk to people about it and Mm -hmm. no one's listening to you um so is that when you decided to leave the industry
0: yeah I I had a talk with my agent and I told him what happened I don't know why I thought I would get any kind of empathy from him, (laughs) but uh he just like gave me this blank stare and was like so did you guys have fun like that was his response to me, <laughs> and um, uh, and then yeah, I told him like, yeah, I think I'm gonna take a month off and see, you know, try to decide if I want to continue to stay in this industry or not. Um, and yeah, I, I ended up deciding to retire. Mm-hmm. And one of the last shoots that I did, which by the way, wasn't the gangbang? Everyone thinks I had a bad experience in the gangbang. <laughs> oh my god, that was so rough. Yeah, it was rough, but nobody hurt me. Not like I didn't get injured. Everything was consensual, so right. that that wasn't like the bad ex- one of the bad experiences that I had. Um, one of the other ones that I had was like pr- basically getting injured mm-hmm. on set. Uh, I was doing a girl-girl anal shoot, which never, obviously never got released because within, like, the first two seconds, the first position I was in, doggy, she just, like, rams this huge rippled glass dildo or glass toy inside my butt, and I told her to stop because I was in pain, and then I turned around, and there's, like, blood all over the bed. Um. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> and I've had instances where I like I cut a little bit. Mm-hmm. This this it wasn't like that. Like it wasn't like a a small little tear, right? Which I can I can deal with that. Um, I was still bleeding like even after I got home. I was still in pain. I had to reschedule shoots like weeks out, and I also it's like it it was really painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: after that happened, she stopped. I'm assuming you guys didn't finish the scene. Oh no, absolutely okay. not. So after this happens, um you retire and then you you speak out about your experiences. Right. And did you feel like you just had to say something like you needed to have a voice because nobody was listening to you?
0: Yeah, like, I I think I was just frustrated that people in the industry didn't listen to me. Mm -hmm. and I, obviously, I didn't say anything publicly right away. I tried to talk to people within the industry first. Right. So I think, yeah, that added to the frustration. Um, And I I guess I just, I had a lot of healing to do, too. Of course. Yeah. Do you... It's, like,
1: I don't even want to ask you if you, like, regret speaking out about the industry. Yeah. Because I, you know, absolutely see your motivations behind it now. But now, like, with some perspective, like, how do you feel about that time in your life? Would you have approached anything differently?
0: I don't think so. Okay. I I think, you know, I was really young. Mm -hmm. So it's, I guess, just part of the process of growing up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And it's like, I mean, you know, as you know, there's been, like, some pushback. There's always pushback if, like, somebody has a bad experience in the adult industry and they come forward and they talk about Mm -hmm. it. And I understand the pushback because there is a lot of, like, anti-porn activism out there by, like, religious right groups. And they're looking for anything to latch on to to say, like, the entire industry is terrible. It's all bad. Everyone has these experiences. Yeah. Which isn't true. But I also think it's very important for the adult industry to take accountability for situations like this. Yeah. You know, you should have been heard. Your agent should have, you know, cared that you had this experience. Yeah. Like you should have been able to, you know, take a break or process this or, you know, even, you know, speak out against these people who basically abused you yeah and so I think it's also important that you know people understand that everybody's experiences are valid mm-hmm. and listen to experiences like yours yeah and learn from them and grow from them right. because the adult industry is not perfect yeah like there's a fuck there's a fuck ton of problems with it yeah and <laughs> it's so much better now than it was. I've been in the industry for like 25 years and it's changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with where we're at now. I think we're really like in such a better place. And there's so many things that have come up now that, that make it feel like a better place to work. But I've had times that I've been in the industry where I have also questioned like, when am I doing here? Right, You know what I mean? And I always shot very kind of soft, sensual scenes, but I've had situations where I've had a model on set um, who who came to set and, like, didn't want to work because she said her vagina hurt. Mm. And her agent told me that she was lying oh, no. and that um, she was That's fine terrible. and that I should just shoot the scene and, you know. Oh, my god, And tell her to get over it. And I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, I can't. And then, you know, they're threatening me and. And, thre- and and she doesn't even want me to say anything because she doesn't want her agent to yell yeah. at her. And I'm like, girl, I'm not going to do this. Right. Like, clearly you're in pain. Yeah. Like, this is crazy that we're even, that, you're, that you even came to set today.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah. And
1: it was, like, so much about putting the dollar before the person. Right. And that is dehumanizing.
0: W- was this during that same time frame? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: And I really see, like, Such a huge difference now. And it's really come from these personal platforms. Right. Like OnlyFans, which has put power in the hands of the performers. Yeah. And now, because you guys can say, fuck you. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I can make money on my own. Yeah. Um, Now you have the power where brands are finally kind of recognizing that and being like, oh, maybe we should treat these people better. Yeah. You know. And that's just like it's totally changed like the culture on set. Right. And I've always tried to cultivate like a safe a safe working environment and like take people into consideration, but you know, like I as a producer have been pressured by companies that I've worked for and stuff to get certain things done that you know, I felt weren't wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. And um I feel like that's just changed so much. So I'm glad
0: do you, do you think a lot of the bad eggs have gotten weeded out for yes. the mo- most part? Yes, yeah. and I
1: think social media has a huge factor in yeah. that too. because And we really saw it even like during the pandemic. There was kind of like this second Me Too wave, right. again fueled by the fact that performers now have financial independence mm-hmm. and so they have the freedom to speak their minds. And yeah. girls started talking about negative experiences they had with certain performers or directors. And other girls were like, oh my God, Me Too. Me too mm. you know what I mean and then yeah. and and it just like kind of were got around and then you know there are people who are not working anymore because of it there are people who disappeared for a while and then I hear are still like working on the fringes I mean oh yeah you know it's like it is what it is I mean the industry it's 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 a collection of small businesses right so you can't technically blacklist someone. You can just (laughs) get the word out and then, you know, hope that people make an informed decision about whether or not they want to work with them. And that's, that's the key. Right. Um, I mean, when I was working, when this whole thing happened, you know, and I worked for MindGeek, they were quite alarmed to hear, you know, that some of the directors that they Mm. had working for them, you know, were just, and, and even like, Things that one may think is not necessarily a huge deal, but maybe using their positions of power to convince girls to give them like a blowjob in the car or oh, something, because then yeah. the girl thought like she would get a f- starring role in a feature, right? And they actually like called around and talked to agents and various girls and were like, you know, full disclosure, totally anonymous, like who's a problem? Like yeah. we need to know. And they fired a, they fired yeah, some I- people. I
0: heard that. That's really good. I was not one of those people. <laughs> i don't think anybody would want to fire you no thank you
1: but i mean like i didn't think that i would be because right. i've I've never tried to get anyone to give me a blowjob in a car um, <laughs> <laughs> or anything else like that but it did actually feel really good to to know that like everybody you know said that they had a good experience and it felt good to know that like the fact that I had stuck to my guns mm-hmm. in a lot of situations and not pushed girls into mm. positions that they would be uncomfortable right. in, even though I felt punished at the time yeah. by like whoever I was working for, yeah. that in the end, like that worked out. Yeah, Does that makes good.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Okay, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to talk about why Jesse has come back, what she's up to now, and so much more. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to hook up with a stranger without actually having to get out of the house? And you usually end up masturbating and falling asleep right after? Well, I have an alternative for you. Jerkmate.com is a website where you can have an out-of-the-ordinary hookup online. Jerkmate.com is an unapologetic adult community for kinky fun with models. You can match and connect with men, women, trans men, trans women, or couples. You can have a playable conversation via private chat, or use their cam-to-cam feature if you enjoy being watched. If you go to jerkmate.com, you will find so many categories and so many profiles to choose from. You'll find exactly what you're looking for. And there's even more. They have free sex games. Their Command and Obey game is probably my favorite jerkmate.com has thousands of models worldwide and they are only real models there's tons of diversity and it's confidential no names or no pictures required on your end go to jerkmate.com to create your free account using promo code randall10 and get 10 free gold tokens for your first private chat sessions of course you must be 18 and over to join That's jerkmate.com to create your free account, but make sure that you do not forget to use Randall 10 to get your 10 free gold tokens. You can also go to the link in the episode description to find out more. That's jerkmate.com and use code Randall 10 for 10 free gold tokens for your first private chat. If you're struggling with drug and alcohol addiction, I cannot stress to you how important it is for you to seek help. Everybody's story is different, but for me, I had to go away to an in-house facility. Yes, a rehab. Twice, actually, before I was able to fully recover from my problems with alcohol. So if you're thinking about going into a facility, check out Soba Rehab in San Antonio, Texas. This is a beautiful spot. It's the kind of place that makes getting sober feel a little less scary. It's a community that's based on individuals coming together with common experiences of both suffering and recovery. They provide a safe environment where people are encouraged to help others as they themselves help foster change. If you're interested in changing your life, check out SobaTexas.com. That's S-O-B-A-T-E-X-A-S dot com. They work with most insurance plans. You can also call them at 1-866-985-0266 or email them at info at SobaTexas.com. All right, everybody, we're back. Okay. So let's talk about happier times, which is hopefully now. (laughs) So uh, you've come back after a decade. Right. What can you maybe talk a little bit about what you've been doing in the last 10 years and what made you decide to come back?
0: Um, yeah. So I, I think it was in 2019 that I started to get the idea of, you know, maybe I should do something online. Um, I didn't know like what exactly, but I saw that social media was really taking off and that, might be a good idea to take advantage of that <laughs> um so my, i still had my twitch channel um <clears throat> which so i pretty much deleted everything except for that for some reason and so i just i started streaming here and there and it wasn't right away that people started asking me for OnlyFans, but at some point they did and I was like oh you know I don't know I don't know so much about it um and then I started looking it up and I also had a friend uh uh, Phoenix Azkani she was doing it at the time and so I started asking her questions about it um and I would always see her uh, put something in her story like if you pay for only fans you're not paying for a company or something like that you're Mm -hmm. just helping a girl pay her groceries for the week or something like that she would post memes like that so I was like "Hmm, this this seems interesting um so after a few months I decided to start an OnlyFans and I'm trying to remember I think I only started by like posting some pictures And then I started to play around with the different features, like the live streaming and the messages, making videos and things like that. And yeah, I I really liked it. I I mean, I still like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did
1: you find, were you, like how quick was the onboarding of like old fans, like people who recognized you from before?
0: Um... You mean like on on Twitch or No on, no no on OnlyFans. On, on so Only when you fans? came back to OnlyFans, was yeah. it
1: kind of a little bit slow at first? Like you weren't really you kind of dipping your toes in the water or did you see like a lot of your old fans, people who knew you jump in and be like, "Oh my god, like you're back."
0: Yeah, it was, I, it was somewhere in the middle because okay. I I had an old subreddit that I didn't use obviously it's like the communities, but someone posted it on there mm-hmm. and so I got the old fans from there mm-hmm. as well. And they were like, Oh, all excited about it and yeah. everything. Um but yeah, I I did look kind of different because my I always had like straight uh blonde hair when I was shooting in the past and I, I've been keeping my hair natural for for the most part. I mean, straight today, but I usually have it curly and it's a lot darker than it was before. So mm-hmm. like sometimes when I was live streaming on Twitch, people didn't even recognize me. Really? So, yeah. I have to say you literally look exactly oh. the
1: same. <laughs> like you haven't aged at all. Thank you. you. You really look the same. It's It's pretty remarkable. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, obviously you've been like taking care of yourself since you've been you've been out yeah (laughs) were you nervous to come back at all were you nervous about getting backlash from people who were like you went out there and you badmouthed the industry and now you're back like what the fuck did you get any of that
0: um no I I wasn't uh because it's like uh, what we do we get backlash (laughs) anyway
2: working in this industry so
0: it's like uh if it happens, it happens, then yeah. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So but for the most part, people have been really nice. So you yeah. weren't worried about people, like,
1: in the industry being like, why are you back?
0: Not really, no. Yeah. I figured, you know, the ones that would, like, actually care would just try to understand, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to... Um. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, and also, too, coming back as an independent content creator, you know, the power is in your hands. Right. You don't, like, have to go to set and see any of these other people that were in the industry before, old directors or anything like that. So you have a lot more control over what probably felt a lot safer. Yes. So how have you found the industry to be different since you were last year? Well,
0: we have a lot more options now. Um, I think obviously OnlyFans definitely changed the game in that way. Um, For me, personally, I'm doing everything independent. No more (laughs) ever having an agent. And I've also been taking things slower. Um, And then as far as my OnlyFans go... I, I do that independently as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe I'll, I'll get to, to a point where I'll take on more help. But right now, I'm the only person that I trust to do right. all of that. Right. Yeah. And now, and you have sh- shot for some studios,
1: yes, right? Yes, I have. So tell me about the studios that you have shot for and what made you decide to go back
0: and work for them. Um. Yeah, so... The fact that I'm doing self-booking now, I think it's just a lot easier to pick and choose what, like, because I I remembered that I had a good experience with Mike Adriano, so I was always open to shooting with him again, and he actually initially reached out to me in 2020 as, like, a few months in of me starting OnlyFans, but I wasn't ready to shoot Boy Girl yet. I was just like, you know... Mm -hmm taking it slow and then 2022 rolls around and like, okay, I think I'm, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I decided to shoot with him and we shot four scenes for his company. And how was that coming back to set? It was, it was good. Yeah. Like every, all of his crew is really, really nice. So that makes it a lot easier too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was definitely a little bit nervous, but it was still good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you like,
1: what would you say to your 18 year old self now? Like, do you actually wish that maybe you had waited till you were older to get in? Um, Or do you think that would have made a difference in your experience?
0: I mean, I, I honestly, I I don't regret anything because I wouldn't be where I, I am now and I wouldn't be making the decisions that I do now because I feel like now it's, it's like I can do it right because of what I experienced yeah. and I can look back and be like, okay, I should do it this way because this happened in the past. So mm-hmm. it's like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I hear stories like the one that you had, the ones that you've had. And I think about, you know, how we do productions now where we have boundary checklists. Which oh, yeah. I think are so great. And I right. it's funny because those have existed in the kink community yes. for a long yes. time. But I mm-hmm. guess in like straight mainstream porn, people never thought that yeah. that needed to be considered. Yeah. I um, remembered
0: that. And that Kink was the only one, yeah. pretty much the only one. That well, because they were that. doing some gnarly shit right. to you, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like
1: they have to, like, be like, yeah. "Are you okay being like hung upside down and like right. penetrated <laughs> with your mouth gagged so you can't say anything?" Yeah. But, but you know, they take really, they're very careful about making sure that people's boundaries are respected mm-hmm. and not crossed, just because I think like in that situation that could easily happen if you don't take those measures to make sure that like everything's kosher, and we're just kind of lazy. In mainstream, mm. you, I don't know. Right. I mean, I always felt that as a woman, and because I never really shot super rough stuff. Right. You know, if I shot a scene where, I mean, I would never shoot a scene where a guy would dunk your head in the toilet. Like, there's no <laughs> fucking way I would ever, like, that would never right. happen. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, that I would think that I would be able to see if a girl was in distress and I could mm-hmm. tell, like, wait, we need to cut. She doesn't seem okay. But yeah. I've I've realized as people have talked about their experiences and as we've been doing these boundary checklists, that that is actually not true. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know what's going on in someone's head um, when they're in the middle of a scene.
0: Oh yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. So I I can't trust my female intuition. Yeah, You know, that's not, that's not good enough. Yeah. And so I'm, I really love these boundary checklists now because we can really just go over everything beforehand and you know, it's discussed you know, between the models in front of the crew, like, so mm-hmm. everybody knows like what's okay and what's not okay. And just really making sure that to articulate that you have complete control over right. the stop and the start and let us know if something's happening that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. We have talent assistants on set now that are literally there. It's just there to advocate for you. So it's just like the environment is so much better and so much different.
2: That's and good. And I,
1: and I wish that you would, I wish you'd
0: had that yeah. ten years ago. You know? And did did that start after that Me Too movement that you were talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. No. There was a lot of there was a lot of talk because, you know, a lot of performers didn't come back to shooting for brands after oh, wow. COVID because they were yeah. making so much money on their OnlyFans. Why yeah. the fuck would they? You know? And so I think a lot of brands were realized like, oh wow, we don't have the power Like we used to, like the balance of power has shifted and we really need to consider, you know, these people's needs and wants. And so there was a lot of internal meetings um, and, you know, some people got fired. Mm -hmm. And so when we came back to, to working, there was a whole new like structure and method of working put into place. And I, for one, was like really happy about that. Yeah. It just feels like it's a much better environment to work in now.
0: That's good. You know? Yeah. But I feel good yeah. about it. Are, are you still working for MindGeek? Uh, I actually, not
1: in so many ways. I'm still working with them, but I'm no oh, okay. longer working for them. I, a lot of people know um, I recently actually left my 12-year gig shooting for Twisties. Oh. Um, I'm with a metaverse startup called Joy, so I'm full-time oh. with them. But we're working with MindGeek still because oh, cool. browsers is part of our metaverse, so right. I'm still working with them, but not like for them specifically. Yeah. Um, but they're they're good people. I've always had a great experience with them. And they're oh, very good. good with the models and they treat yeah. them really well. So I would say if you're going to shoot again for brands, even yes. though I'm not the one doing the shooting anymore, <laughs> I, I bet you anything twisties would love to have you back.
0: Oh, yeah. I would love to. And I think you would have yeah. a great really experience. Yeah. I always had a good experience with twisties. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so you're now married to someone who is not in the porn industry. Um, how did like how did he know that you had done porn when you first started dating or was that a conversation that you had to have with him and how
0: did all of that how did he take it uh it it was a a conversation and um it wasn't like a big deal he was just like okay (laughs) (laughs) and he's always been so supportive of everything which is like the complete opposite of how I've ever experienced relationships. Like mm-hmm. I've only ever had uh, pretty much everybody in my life, agents, boyfriends and all of that stuff, always trying to control me and, um, <clears throat> you know, be mean to me and things like that. And he's always been extremely supportive and like, um, <clears throat> he's, the first, also like the first person that I've ever met that encourages me to take a break. Whereas you know, I every situation that I've been in, even past relationships, people are always trying to push me, push me. So that's something I I really love about him. Yeah, it means so, that he loves yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. and he cares about <laughs> yeah like, exactly you as a person, and your
1: health and as yeah. a person, and not about <clears throat> like what you represent or what you can get for him. Exactly. Which is, yeah. I mean, that's all, like, any of us can ever hope for, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, <clears throat> how did he come into your life? I mean, obviously we don't have to go into too much detail, but I just, I think about my relationship with my husband, who's the same thing, like, he doesn't try to control me, mm-hmm. supports me, wants only what's best for me, um, whereas I had a previous marriage where it was the opposite very much tried to control me um and I feel that it was a lot of like self-work that I did that Mm -hmm. got me to a place where I was open to that kind of person coming into your life is is that your experience do you think
0: I think so yeah because the the relationship that I had before him it it was like right after I had retired from the industry Mm -hmm. so I had so much stuff to heal from Mm -hmm. and Uh, yeah and then I took like two years was it two years maybe like a year or two to just stay single and went to therapy and started journaling a lot and and then I met him (laughs) and and things just worked out we've been together ever since like almost seven years now Wow.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. It's actually like about (laughs) as long as me and my husband. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: I, I find that the universe brings you the right person when you're ready for it. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think that sometimes we fall prey to the idea that a man is going to rescue us from this like Mm. situation that we're in and we can be broken and he's going to
0: heal us. Yeah. But we have to heal ourselves. I find that when we heal ourselves, that's
1: when the right person comes in. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know?
1: So I'm really I'm glad that you <laughs> had that experience. So what were the biggest lessons that you learned about yourself during your time off from the industry?
2: Um,
0: I think one thing that I've taken away from all of this is especially um, looking back at how I went from uh, as like when I was in the industry, I, I I loved it. And then after I had those bad experiences, I hated it. (laughs) So I, I've kind of learned to not have like black and white thinking towards things, especially when I work different jobs, I'm like, okay, every job kind of has its pros and cons. Um, So it, I think I've, I have like a more neutral mentality on things now yeah. as opposed to like that black and white thinking. I think also the other reason's like our frontal cortex isn't developed until we're like 20 between 23 to 25. So mm-hmm. I think that was the other th- uh thing that contributed to me being so emotional and um with with the my perspective on yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I mean, but then that's that is an argument and I don't know if you have an opinion on this cuz some people do, some people don't. That you know, people shouldn't be able to get into porn until they're older, like 21 or something mm. like that. How do you
0: feel about that?
2: <sighs>
0: it's hard because you can do so many other things at at 18. Yeah. So it's like if you're gonna gatekeep that, then you should gatekeep other things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So on on one hand, I I do, but it's like on the other hand, I don't. Because um, other girls have had experiences where like porn was kind of saved them in a way, if, mm-hmm. like they were stripping and in an abusive relationship, and then they came to porn and it it helped them get out of that situation. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you literally said, like, everything that I I think.
2: I yeah. I agree with
1: you so much on that because I get that question too. Right. And it's like, well, if you can join the military.
0: Right, exactly. And go off and, yeah. like,
1: fight, you know, in Afghanistan and, and die yeah. for your country. Like, if, we, if we've if we decided that somebody's mature enough to make that right. kind of, like, serious life and death decision, however you feel about the army. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then that person should be able to make those same decisions regarding, exactly. like, doing porn or not. Yeah. So, yeah, it is It is kind of a difficult question. Yeah. And also, same thing about what you – I've talked to girls who are like, thank God I got into porn when yeah. I was 18. Because, yeah, it saved me. It got me out of a bad situation. I was poor. I had nothing. And this got me, you know, where I'm independent. And then other girls have said, like, I was not ready. I was not emotionally ready. I made the wrong decisions. Right. So in those situations, the only thing that I can really think is like, you know, let's just try to have more literacy out there Mm -hmm. and more education and knowledge about getting into the adult industry and about like the pros and the cons. And let's, as the industry, try to improve our working conditions for people Yeah. so that girls don't have experiences like you had.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that. And I
1: I think that that has happened again, like... It ain't perfect. There's still, you know, yeah. some people out there, and there's still some sets I'm sure where where girls don't have good experiences. But I feel like overall, it's it's much better than it used to be. Yeah,
0: it's definitely been more positive for most people. Yeah, but yeah, I, I do agree. It should be more out there what the cons are, so at least people are aware before they get into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What would you give advice? You know, having considered everything that you've been through. What advice would you give to new girls considering getting into the industry?
0: Um, do your research, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> um, and make sure it's something that you you really want to do. That because the content's gonna be out there forever and sometimes people think like oh you know people aren't gonna find out well yeah I think people are gonna find out even if you do like faceless, or I, I don't know there's different ways that people dodge making content um there's always a chance that someone's gonna find out so I think having that awareness and I think also they they should like it in some way, <laughs> yeah, I mean like, that that seems like an obvious yeah. answer, but you're right,
1: you're right because yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't matter you know how much money you make, it'll never be enough to right. make up for if you feel like you've compromised like your integrity or yes. whatever you want to call it, there's not a amount of money that can that can bring that back, right, so make sure that you're someone who enjoys having sex yes. on camera, yeah first before you just think about the money
0: yeah yeah you're right yeah i mean yeah it's not for everyone um i I enjoy a lot of different aspects about it like i enjoy the production you know in addition to the sex so yeah pretty much just that so are you happy to be back yes i'm very happy to be back
1: (laughs) good well i'm happy you're back um jesse thank you so much for coming on I know this was kind of a hard conversation in a lot of ways um, but i'm I'm really glad that you did and um, I really hope that your story will help other people navigate these waters in a better way
0: yes, I hope so too.
1: <laughs> can you tell everyone where they can find you online
0: um so my I have a a link tree and that has pretty much all of my links it's uh, linktree.com slash mz jesse and then OnlyFans also has it's the same thing onlyfans.com slash mz jesse
1: fantastic and then you guys can of course find me on instagram and on twitter at holly randall somehow I'm still on tiktok I don't know how that happened <laughs> they want me gone so bad but I'm like hanging on by a fucking thread so, if you're on TikTok, um, I'm at Holly Randall Unfiltered. Go ahead and follow me there. And of course, if you want to support the show and watch these interviews live, get access to bonus Q and As, like I'm going to do with Jesse right after this. Go to Patreon.com/HollyRandallUnfiltered. Thank you guys so much for being here, and I will see you next week.